I, I was surprised this week to find out that school is about to kick back off. Uh, and I know that means that all of our like, young people are probably like, no, please, just a, like one more week. Come on, just one more week, please. Like, like I, I know, but parents and grandparents are like, thank the Lord. Thank you so much. Grandparents, I know your second name is about to get lost, the name of babysitter, right? Um, when, I was, when I was growing up, that's what we did as, as kids. Like, we went to our grandparents' house. We didn't really have babysitters too often. Um, but when we, di- when we didn't, we always had Mama to fall back on. And the best part was is that as, a, as cousins, what we would do is we would scheme together about which grandma we go and invade her house that week. Right? So like we would say, like, hey, everybody, look, everybody, this week, go to Mama Orleans, all right? Everyone, we go, and then like 10 of us would run into the house on Monday morning, and that, that's why my grandmother's a saint today, and that's why, like, but, but like, it, it, was, it was always, we had, she had 10 little mouths to feed, and 10 little balls of drama to deal with. Like, that's, the rest of the week was nothing but fighting and, like, arguing and, it was all bad. It seemed like it was all bad. But like growing up, it was, I remember that was some of the funnest times in the world was me and my cousins just cutting up at my grandparents' house. And we had like acres upon acres to deal with with the plantation. Like it was so much fun. I just remember every now and then she would just get enough and she would say, everybody out. Like I don't care what you do. Just don't set something on fire. Don't kill anybody. Like don't break a bone. That's about it. Like it's a really low bar on what you can do. Go do whatever you want. Just get out of the house. And that was whenever we would go and find things to do, We'd ride bikes or whatever. My favorite thing to do was play football. And the reason why, I was bigger than every other one of my cousins. So if we had an argument going on inside, I took it out on one of the field. Like, you know, like it was great. There was something, though, when I was praying with today's scripture and thinking about that, like there's something that stuck out to me that, that might be a kind of minor detail that I remember from playing outside like that when I was a kid. We'd be playing sports or whatever, or fighting or whatever, like whatever it was, right? Anytime you landed in the grass, it was like, oh, it was fun, and like you just felt dirty and like what you were supposed to as a kid, right? And then the problem was like an hour later, we start to itch. I still remember that. Like, I remember one day so clearly. We had been outside for, we had been outside for a couple of hours doing all kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, like, just from doing different things, my legs and my arms started to itch. It wasn't like poison ivy or anything. It was just a regular itch of just having played in the grass. And I remember I was walking around the house scratching. Now, it, growing up, another thing, like, I got punished a lot, and one of my ways that I knew I was punished was mom would look at me and say, go take a bath, because it was like, it's bedtime now, go take a bath and go to bed. So I remember growing up and walking around itching in the house one day, and all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I, I just wanted to stop, like, that's it. So all I knew to do was scratch. Scratching gave me some kind of a relief for a little while. It might be working my way through the arm, like I'm probably drilling through, about to hit a bone, but no, 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 I, like I just had to scratch it. My mom saw this one day and she said, go take a bath. And I'm like, I didn't even do anything. Like honestly, this time I didn't. Usually I do, but this time I didn't. Like she said, go take a bath. And when I went, take, when I went finally take my bath and come out, I'm like, man, feel, feel like a hundred bucks. Like it felt great. The itch was gone. You see, when I was a kid, the desire that I had 
in that situation was to quit itching. I wanted some relief from the itch. Now, because I was a kid and because I was limited in my knowledge, like, I felt the only way that I could stop it was to scratch. But in reality, what I really needed, the thing that I needed, the long-term thing to get me what I wanted, was I had to get clean. See, today in our gospel, this is, is kind of what's going on. The, today's readings are all about, unless, if, whether you know it or not, today's readings are all about desire. What do we really desire? As a kid just coming in from playing outside, I desire to not itch. And the thing was, the, the cure there was something that was much bigger than what I thought. I put that desire to not itch towards scratching. When in reality, the desire to not itch needed to be focused on get clean. Every one of us has desires in our heart. Every one of us has desires for our life. Every one of us has desires right now that we probably can feel. They probably, y'all probably thinking, Father JD, like, I know you like to preach, I know you like to talk, but uh, Griffins is calling. Like, you know, like, we, Kyoto, we're going to have a line, we got to beat the people from St. Mary's. Don't worry, we're going to, right? But, but the thing is, is that we have desires all the time. The most foundational and fundamental desire of all of our lives, the number one desire that every human being has in the core of their being is their desire for God. You see, when, when human beings were created, when Adam and Eve were created, it was a perfect relationship with God. It was bliss. Eve, Eve Adam, they were in the Garden of Eden and everything was perfect. They were with God, God was with them, and there was no question about what was going on until the fall, until sin entered the world. And then what happened, all of a sudden, that, that, that place where God resided, that place where God stayed, that place where God was with them always became a void. And now there was an emptiness that's been handed on over and over now, generation after generation, to us even today. And every human being today walks the earth with this void, this desire for God. Now the beautiful, the, 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 the scary thing is, is that sometimes our world tries to tell us how to fill that desire for God. But it's not with God. Today's readings, we hear about this wealthy man who's going to show his wealth and his money and his grain, and he's got everything he needs. And Jesus calls him a fool because he says, you have everything you need except the thing you need. You see, in our life, we can, we can orient that desire to God towards the wrong thing. And what ends up happening is God's infinite, right? God is infinite. He's bigger than anything created. And what happens is, is that an infinite desire now has a finite thing to fill it. An infinite desire, we try to fill it with a finite thing, and it doesn't work. In today's gospel, we hear about, we hear about this wealth, right? Well, there was a movie that came out a couple of years back, but 2010, it was a sequel. Um, it was called Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. This is the sequel to the movie from the 80s uh, with Gordon Gecko, Wall Street, right? Well, in this movie, there's a boss and this, this young guy who gets hired by this investment firm. And they live, they're doing all the stuff on Wall Street. 
They're making hundreds and thousands of dollars a year. Like, they're making all kind of money. And at one point, this young guy asked his boss, who's kind of like the villain of the story, but he asked the boss, he says, hey, uh, what's your number? And the guy looks at him and he says, well, we're going to start you off at this price. He said, no, 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 at this salary. He said, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. He says, what is your number? He says, you see, I, I believe that everybody that gets into this kind of line of work, working in finance like this, every, one, every guy has a number that he can, once he reaches, he's okay and he's ready to walk away. And the boss kind of sits back. It was a question he, never, he wasn't expecting. He kind of sits back, thinks for a second, looks at him with this like little evil grin. More. The, the answer to the question of what's your number was more. You think about that, I don't know if you know, uh, roach poison, a lot, a lot of roach poisons, the way it works is that as they eat it, they get more thirsty, they get more hungry, and they continue to eat the poison. And the way it works is, it basically keeps them eating the poison until they eat enough, and, and like it makes them addicted to it immediately, where they just want to eat, want to eat, want to eat. They're trying to satiate their thirst and their hunger, but it's not working until they've eaten enough poison and they die. It's more. When we try and get an infinite thing out of a finite thing, what happens is, is that we fall into this place of more. And when we fall into a place of more, we start to get addicted to the things of the world because we're looking for the infinite presence of God. See, St. Thomas Aquinas uses an image. He says, there's, there's four places that human beings try to find happiness. And I think uh, the way to say it, another way to say it is, there's four places that I think we try and satiate this desire for God, and we look for more. The first one is today's gospel, wealth. How does that sound? Well, maybe if I make a little bit more money, then I'll matter. Maybe if I just make a little bit more, then I'll be happy. Second place, pleasure. Well, maybe if I can eat at the nicest restaurants, I can wear the nicest clothes, take the nicest vacations, live a life of a certain level of decadence, then I'll be happy. Third one, St. Thomas Aquinas says, power. Maybe if I climb a little bit higher in the, in the corporate ladder, or maybe if I get that position, or that thing, or that level, of, that level of power, then maybe I'll be happy. The fourth one, honor or status. Maybe if a couple of more people like me. Maybe if I can be friends with a few more people. Maybe when I go to Rouse's, if every aisle I can see somebody I know, and not just every other aisle. Maybe then I'll be happy. You see, what happens oftentimes in our life is that we start to look for happiness in the wrong places. We start to satiate a desire for God with finite things, and it doesn't work. We're always going to be left disappointed. We're always going to be left coming up short because finite things cannot fulfill an infinite desire. 
Now, the beautiful thing is, this might seem kind of glum, it might seem kind of sad and downing, and I'm sorry if that's the case on the Sunday morning, but the reality is, is that there's hope in this. Because while we have a, while we have a thirst and an ache and a desire deep in our hearts for God, the beautiful thing is, is that God has a desire for us as well. See, there are two irrefutable facts in the Christian life in that one, I have a desire for God stamped inside of me, and the beautiful thing is, is that God, number two, God has a, has a desire for me as well. Even with my shortcomings, even with my junk, even with how I fall short, God still runs to me. Last week, I read, a, I read a quote from the catechism about prayer, and in that quote about prayer, 2567, if you want to look it up, in that quote about prayer, one of the lines, it's one of my favorite lines in all of Christian tradition, that God tirelessly runs after you and after I. God tirelessly comes looking for you and for I. He comes out searching for you and me. He's the good shepherd that goes after the lost sheep. He's the, he's the father who goes after the lost son. He is tirelessly pursuing us because of a desire that he has for you. The challenge here, the challenge for us is to examine ourselves. In what ways am I holding on to wealth, to pleasure, to power, to status? In which ways am I holding on? What things in my life stand in the way of me loving God in the way that He wants me to love Him? What, what ways, are, 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 what things are standing in the way of my desire for Him and His desire for me meeting? If we want to look like, if we want to love the Lord like we suppose, if we want to love God, love the Father like we're supposed to, we need to look like the cross. The beautiful thing is, is that the cross, Jesus, those four things, he does the opposite of all of them. Status. He's hung on a cross between two criminals. And it was a level of death, it was a way of killing people that was reserved for the lowest of the low and the worst of the worst. Power. Someone else put him there. Pleasure. He's in excruciating pain. Wealth. He's stripped naked. He's got nothing. For us, where do, where, what things do we put too much attachment to? Which things do we try and satiate our desire for God with on this earth? I'll be honest. It could be something that's, that's really big, really hard, really, really a big struggle, and it could be something that's kind of, kind of plain and kind of embarrassing. I'll be completely honest. When I was in college, mine, LSU football. And the reason why I know that is because if we lost the game on Saturday, don't talk to me until Wednesday. Because there was a connection and an investment that was a little bit too much. A little bit too much of a connection, a little bit too much of me putting and investing myself in that as opposed to in the Lord. And that was tested last year at the NFC Championship game, but we're not going to talk about that, and I'll offer counseling about that later. But every one of us has some kind of attachment to something in this world that's not in order. That we put too much, our desire for God, a little bit too much onto something else. 
Beautiful thing is, is that today God is going to again do what he's done over and over and continue to show us his promise that he wants to show, like he wants to prove to you that he desires you. Because in a few minutes, when I say the words, standing at the altar, God's going to show up again. He doesn't show up in some kind of fantastic, like some kind of fantasy kind of way or some kind of like lights and pyrotechnics, anything like that. He shows up humbly on the bread and wine, looking like that, tasting like that, but being himself to come and meet you. God takes the infinite step from heaven to earth to meet you. We take 10 steps to meet him. In our own life, what things... We're standing in the way of our desire for him and his desire for us meeting. Today, as we come to this Mass, as we come to celebrate and to receive him, may we let go of the things that stand in the way. May we, may we, may we examine ourselves, take a moment and look into our own hearts. What things, Lord, am I too attached to? that get in the way of me loving you. Everything, as our first reading said, vanity of vanities, everything in this world is passing. The word for vanities that's used in the, in the Old Testament today, it can be translated as mist or smoke. It's passing. It's gone. It's nothing. Everything in this world is passing. The one eternal thing that we have to lean on is our relationship with God. Today, we get a chance to dive into that relationship, to receive Him, to let our, our desire for Him and His desire for us meet. And when that happens, there's an explosion of grace that goes through our life. An explosion of grace that goes through our world. An explosion of grace that goes through our church. An explosion of grace that transforms us. Today, may we receive him completely and totally and let go of everything else. Amen.